Okay, everybody. I have something really cool to tell you about. If you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain here. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. And then you can get started. It's really fun. We just switched over recently here at All Too Real 2, and I'm enjoying it so far. So be sure to check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real Two. <laughs> My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me via the interwebs is... Matthew, The Clone Wars is on Disney Plus. Haas. That is, that is plus-horrific. Yeah. Plus-horrific. Because, you know, <clears throat> Disney needs more advertising. Yeah, it does. Come on, I mean, I didn't even know what Disney was until yesterday. Yeah, I mean, who, who's who's heard of this obscure media company? I I barely know anything about them. And but yeah, Clone Wars. What is this about? Clone Wars is a Star Wars TV show that's animated, and they um, I've just been watching the seventh season. I just finished it like a few days ago. It's a really so, good show. That, so so there's, there's, there's wars in the stars? Yeah, there's wars in the stars. Hmm. I mean, I think... I don't think they're actually fighting, you know, inside the stars because, you know, uh, I think, you know, that you probably get killed if you get too close to a star, you know, so they're not really fighting inside of a star. And they're certainly not fighting stars because that would... I mean, that would be impossible. So... Well, well but they're, they're, it's, it's not like... like Tom Cruise beating up um, Brad Pitt or something. It's not like stars fighting, right? Oh no! Oh, not that. No, one. not those like kind that. of stars. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just making no. sure. I mean, that that's a good idea, but um, <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a really good idea. Star Wars, <laughs> Star Stars Wars. And, uh... <laughs> Whoa! I hit the table. Okay. Anyways, um. <laughs> So, um, today on the show, we are covering a film that is kind of a direct-to-video sequel. It did have a run in one theater in the United States. So, I'm still going to consider it a direct-to-video sequel. Um, the movie is called Punk's Dead, SLC Punk Part 2. Um, it is a film that came out in 2016. It was uh, directed by and written by James Marandino, who uh, wrote the first SLC Punk and directed it. And uh, it stars uh, Ben Schneitzer, Hannah Marks. Machine Gun Kelly, a.k.a. Colson Baker. Mm -hmm. um, 
Sarah Clark, Devin Sawa, Michael Gorgian, 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 I don't know how you say his name, Adam Pascal, um, <laughs> and uh, many others. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> it, it was, um, yeah, it's a very interesting movie. Um, it's, it's one of these things, okay, so, like, this is a rare instance where I really thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> a film that is a direct-to-video sequel. <laughs> so, it's not like uh, Tooth Fairy 2 or something. <laughs> oh, come on. That's a great movie. It's, like, that's better than the first Tooth Fairy. Yeah. <laughs> not really. <laughs> uh-huh. Because Daniel Whitney is a great actor. Anyways, um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan motherfucking Whitney, and um, the uh, <laughs> so uh, th this movie, I mean, I was a huge fan. I don't know about you of SLC Punk, the original. It's mm -hmm. one of my like favorite kind of indie films of all time. Yeah. Um. And somehow I had never seen this sequel, even though it came out like four years ago. Hmm. I uh, I kept meaning to, and then somehow I forgot to watch it. <laughs> I don't know. That's just how it happens. But um, so what happens in the movie here, Matt? Uh, well, it takes place <clears throat> about nineteen or twenty years after the first movie. Um, and it's the main character is his name is Ross, and he's the child of. Uh, heroin Bob and I'm already blanking on his Trish. name. For, yeah, Trish. There you go. Yeah, and um, yeah, she was she was the one that had the the business that they used to kind of hang out with, hang out at in the first movie. And yeah. um, she's played by a different act, different actress in this movie. Though, was that? She's a different actress in this movie though. But still. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she did. Yeah, she did look a little bit different, and uh, yeah. just, just just not not just because of age but just she looked different yeah and um she she now owns like a kind of like a steampunk type of shop or whatever and they kind of um they live like in the it's one of these places where they they live in the business that they have so it's like a you know one of those type of situations and he's he's kind of like completely removed from like the whole punk ethos like he he's kind of more of like a, a victorian goth like like an actual goth like, like yeah. the, the original terminology but he but he doesn't even really like to even he, call he, himself that but yeah he kind of dresses like Edgar Allan Poe or something right and he's like really into like poetry and like um you know that that kind of scene and he's got like a he's got this this girlfriend of his that he uh he kind of well in my opinion I don't really know how you would describe it it almost seems like he kind of got a little bit what he asked for because, you know, she said that she loved him and he kind of brushed her off by saying something like, I don't don't remember, but like, love like doesn't all exist this is, and it, all this other stuff. Right. Yeah. So, you know, she went and messed around with some other dude and then like that completely like, you know, just threw through his world and like, well, you kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing is, is I think he didn't believe in love, but then it kind of hit him, and uh, mm -hmm. and like he said, it like grabbed, it grabbed into his chest and pulled out his heart and poured salt right. on it and all this other stuff. Um, yeah, the right. uh, yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, and he's a uh, prior to this, he's he he's had a, a lifelong abstinence from drugs, alcohol, and sex, mm -hmm. um, but he is not straight edge. He, he just doesn't like to use the the term the labels yeah like yeah he'll he'll do all the stuff but he doesn't want to he doesn't want to be stuck with the label that kind of then yeah tramps him kind of you know yes labels are labels are for clothing man yeah man <laughs> <laughs> and even then why do we need them take a guess man <laughs> guess <laughs> Guess is a brand of clothing. Um. Anyways, is it? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um, 
Yeah, so so basically af- after he gets broken up with the girl, what happens? He uh goes off with uh his friends. Yeah, he's got like two friends or or one friend, I think. And, and um, a friend by proxy. Um yeah, pretty much on a road trip to see uh some punk band. I forgot the name of the punk band, but um <clears throat> I think it was just concert. I think it was just a big punk show like in general. Um, oh yeah, it's right. It was. It was uh, cause like a bunch a, of like different a... bands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his, his friend he yeah. goes he goes with his friend Crash, played by Machine Gun Kelly, <laughs> the rapper. Yeah. That one, no. not not the other Machine Gun Kelly. No, not not the not the uh, dead gangster. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that's where that's where he got his name. It was from a gangster who. <laughs> okay. Yeah, who <laughs> was called Machine Gun Kelly, and um, oh. yeah. And he's been dead for decades. So, um, oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, Colson Baker, um, who recently played uh, Tommy Lee in The Dirt. <laughs> yes. And is going to be in the upcoming, uh, I believe he's in the upcoming film um, with uh, uh, the, the new Pete Davidson movie that's coming out. Um, that's kind of a biographical pick that huh. looks really really good something something staten island i think i can't remember what it's called but uh it's called like the the king of staten island isn't it something, something like that something yeah like... yeah it's uh but it looks really good yeah and regardless of anything else i kind of for some odd reason i like machine gun kelly even though a lot of people mm-hmm. hate him um <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think he did a good job in this movie too. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so basically, they go off into on basically a road trip to this concert, and um, in a in a nice Cadillac huh. that uh, that Hannah Marks character who was named um, Penny. Um, had like fixed up and everything. Penny's kind of a she's a, she's a friend of 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 Crash's who is a um another like punk basically. Yeah. And so they and while they're uh while they're going uh Ross breaks his uh whole abstinence thing and starts drinking a bunch of Pabst Blue Ribbon beer on the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then what happens? Right. Yeah, he chooses. He, he of all of all the beers, he chooses. You know, freaking Pabst Blue Ribbon. <clears throat> you know, Game Town or whatever. And um, well, it kind it kind of makes sense at the time because it's uh, this is supposed to be you know like the early two thousands. Oh, it's right. Yeah, and yeah. That, because... That's when there was kind of a resurgence of people liking Pabst because it was like kind of the kind of the I don't know, hipster sort of thing to do. Right. And, yeah, and, right, and the because... punk, punk thing to do, too, I guess. Right, yeah, because 19 years after you know, the, you know, the early 80s or whatever, that's when SLC punks, you know, took place. So, yeah, it's probably, like, around, like, 19, you know, 2002 or whatever type yeah, of... Um... I, I think the movie takes place in, like, it's supposed to be, like, 2000... I want to say, like, 2000... I don't know, not six, but like two thousand three or somewhere around there. Okay, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember seeing something like that. Yeah. So they, he gets drunk, and he, you know, he does. He's never been drunk before, so he doesn't know, you know, how much to drink or whatever. And he's kind of spiraling because he, he, you know, feels like he lost, you know, his one true love, and uh, they eventually I forgot what happens, guys. I remember. At one point, they, they stop at, like, a gas station or something, and Penny just, like, unloads on this dude, and it turns out it's, it's, it's like, her stepfather or ex-stepfather or something that used to, like, I guess, molest her or something. I think it's her and, dad. Uh, I think it's her dad. Her actual dad. dad. Okay. Yeah. Like, she, like, you know, trashes his car and stuff and, like, I think hits him, like, with a crowbar or something like that, and, um, <clears throat> and she... So she kind of, you know, is breaking down a little bit now too because of, of that. And um they they end up like I forgot 
if their car breaks down, I think I think their car breaks down at one point or something, and they like they meet this dude who has like mushrooms or something like that or like some kind yeah. of um yeah there were mushrooms yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and a, he takes a, a dreadlocked kind of Jamaican like guy yeah yeah he's kind of like you know I hate to use the word but he's kind of the the magic you know black person in this um movie yeah because yeah. he's literally only there for that one purpose and like you know and, and, like yeah. literally that's his purpose like it's not it's not even like uh like a phrase like that's literally his function in the story he, he has drugs that you know gives you like consciousness boosting powers or whatever you know and uh and and ross is just like constantly talking to this like him like 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 he's just kind of like on like a a loop where he's like saying something like you know, like it's impossible for us to understand each other because you know I I'm me and you you and I can't be you and you can't be me. So you you really can't understand what I'm saying. I can't understand what you're saying because only I know what I actually mean when I say something. <laughs> and the guy just kind of like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I I love the I love I I think that uh. The guy, the guy who played Ross, did a great job. Um, ben Schneider, mm-hmm. he, he was he was hilarious in this whole, uh, the whole, the whole, just the whole um, awakening of his mind, sort of like you know coming of age sort of thing that he was doing in this. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Th- then what happens after that? Uh, well, during this time, uh, plus two. The the other the B plot is is Trish is kind of freaking out because um, you know she you know he he's never ever like expressed like a desire to drink or do anything like that so like you know she finds out that suddenly you know he was like crying and depressed and that he was drinking so that kind of put her into like a sort of PTSD mode because that's what happened to Bob when he oh died yeah because yeah he, yeah and heroin Bob actually narrates the whole movie too by the way from the afterlife right, right. <laughs> very very weird bizarre but yeah it was kind of cool yeah so yeah and 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 yeah and if you hadn't seen the first one he died of a overdose even though he was straight edge so yeah yeah all he did was drink like just like light beer pretty much like that's all he yeah. you know and then he ends up accidentally taking um to painkillers for a headache because he he thought they were just regular like asp like just aspirin or something like he didn't know that the person actually gave him like actual like you know percocets or whatever they were and so he took like you know like two of them or something and he drank you know some beer with it and you know for most people that you know that never does anything to them but you know he was whatever reason that you know interacted with them and he he died in the sleep that that night, and <clears throat> yeah, and like I need to explain too. He was called Heroin Bob as like a joke because he didn't do drugs. It was like one of those things, like a big guy called Tiny stuff like that. Like yeah, short guy called Stretch. Um, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I uh, and. So he yeah, he narrates the film throughout it, and he's he's kind of like concerned from the afterlife because he sees his son like going down the dark path. Like, oh no, like you know, alcoholism is is runs bad in our family. You know, I hope he doesn't go too far. You know, down this or whatever. And um, uh, the also the dude um, the I forgot his name, but the dude that was like had a really bad acid trip in the first one. Who had like those the green hair and like the spikes and all that kind of stuff? Uh, Sean is um, the character's name. Sean, um, played by um, by uh, Devin Sawa. There we go, Devin Sawa. He, uh, he he's in the movie too, and he's he's actually cleaned up his act like a bit. Like he actually he works for like a politician, like some senator or something like that. Yeah, now, he works in like the state senator's of, office or something. Right. Yeah. He still kind of got like the punk ethos, even though he he works for like a politician. He's still kind of like has the the kind of punk mentality and he's kind of he kind of sees himself at least as a mentor to ross and you find out that all of all of 
Bob's and Trish's old friends, they've all been sort of secretly talking to Ross, thinking that like they're all like his mentor, but he's been talking to like all of them without telling all the others. You know, yeah, they, they, like, they they all think that that uh that he's like a that 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 they're like his uncle, basically. Right. You know, it's like that, and then James Duvall's character of John as well, who was the um who's now like a Norwegian death metal guy. <laughs> Who was a mod right. in the first movie? He's there too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a mod along with like oh, I forgot some other guy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I love the I love his um his transformation too because I love it too because like um when when um when Bob is narrating and he's going now now he was you know uh you know think you know you might you might think it's kind of strange you know that someone goes from you know a mod to you know Norwegian black metal but you know. Yeah, you know, I think you know him being a a Native American Mormon. You know, and, and I think the message the message of of Christians like destroying you know you know someone's you know home religion or way of life may have resonated with him a little bit. Or <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Do you want to That's take a, a break right now, Matt? Um, and then we'll come back and we'll finish the plot of the movie. Sure. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. Hey, folks, this is uh, Michael E. Cullen II um, from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with Matthew Haas. We just wanted to tell you about our great, great podcast Super. called Super. It's called All Too Real. And on that show, what, what do we do, Matt? We, we watch biopics, and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we, we, It's a lot we, more exciting than that, though. Yeah, so, 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 so we we analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know? Yeah, they're, they're spelled differently, yeah. folks. You can guess which one I said which way. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, but we uh, talk about great, great, uh, great movies like uh, Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and... Uh, a futile and stupid gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh, we're going to cover a lot more. So uh, please uh, subscribe on Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts. And be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it. And make sure you're not afraid to get all too, too real. Bye-bye. And we are... Back. Okay, so um, all right, back to the plot of this movie. Um, what happens next here, Matt? Uh, let's see. After the drug trip wears off, uh, they, you know, they they get to the concert eventually. Um, during the same time, the the Trish and them are kind of gathering up all of the. You know all the people from the the old days to kind of try to track Ross down and you know make sure he's all right. So they're kind of are running into like a lot of their old old friends that they didn't really talk to in a while. And you got um you got the dude that was um he was kind of the guy who um hung out with the punks, but he wasn't really a punk. He was more of like um like a really handsome dude that pretty much like yeah Eddie. he dated a lot of the girls. Eddie that's right Eddie and he like is like some rich dude now who he like he owns some like I don't know what it is some kind of like virtual strip club or something like that I forgot what it yeah was I mean exactly. it's kind of like a virtual strip club but they don't get completely naked or something and um yeah yeah like a burlesque type of thing yeah like, and yeah. um maybe like a suicide girl sort of thing or something but I don't know what it is you yeah it's kind of um the uh yeah, and he's played by Adam Pascal, who people know from Rent, and uh, you know it's the original Roger in Rent, and uh, among other things. And yeah. I've wait, I've met wait. him. I've met him. He's a nice guy. Um, <clears throat> so so yeah, so there's that. I love Adam mm-hmm. Pascal. He's he's awesome. Um, one, yeah, song, he's... One, one song glory, man. Come on. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I saw him in concert, you know, like 10 or 15 years ago, and then, yeah. Yeah. Met him and started talking to him by a dumpster. It was fun. 
Um, <laughs> I like that. Start talking to him by a dumpster. Yeah, for some odd reason, where, where where the theater let out, there was like this big, like you know, green dumpster outside, and I'm standing there, <laughs> just chatting for a while. You know, there, there was it, it was pretty sad though. There was like not that many people in the in the crowd for that concert. It was, oh, yeah. it was really great though. It was awesome. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But but he's a cool guy. <laughs> Um, but it was nice though because there wasn't a lot of people, so I was able to talk to him for a bit. So <laughs> right, exactly. yeah, exactly. So that's yeah, it's kind of a, a win-win sort of. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, they're in this dude's limousine, and he's you know he's kind of like like he like for a split second he kind of reveals like his conservative change because he's rich now so most yeah. people become conservative once they get rich i mean i'm not pointing fingers but it's yeah it, it's a bad <laughs> it really does for the most part it does i mean well depends on how you get rich if you get rich by being a movie star that might be a little bit different but it's usually when you start a business it's kind of a whole different type yeah. of world but anyway so um i don't want to get into that whole thing but because but he, he said something like you fucking liberals because i forgot because oh, uh because because um uh what's his sean yeah. criticized him about his business like saying he exploited women or something like that and he like made him like fly off the handle like and then, <laughs> but then they patch up and they, they, they you know which is good they like right afterwards they apologize to each other <laughs> yeah no it was it was it kind of reminded me of just like like old past grievances like just showing up all of a sudden like and yeah realize like oh well you know we got a bigger fish to fry right now we gotta help you know save this kid from you know, going, doing something, you know, to hurt himself or whatever. And of course, so, so that whole thing's going on. And, um, and I guess it was revealed at one point that, that, um, Eddie may have helped Trish financially a few times with their business. And then that became a whole thing. Like you're taking money from this guy or whatever type of thing. Yeah. I don't know. And, um, it's like, well, you know, he's got the money and you know, she's yeah. got a business. So, you know, it's like, and, <laughs> yeah, might as well help. But, <laughs> Exactly. You know, might as well take the help if you can get it. And yeah. um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, I, I don't see you helping out, Mister, you know, Senator Boy, or whatever. But uh, <laughs> and, uh, so, so they're like, yeah, they're in, they're in Eddie's limousine trying to, you know, go to the concert or whatever. And um, you know, at, at the same time that the, the you know Crash and Penny and Ross are going, and um, they, you know, they make it to the concert first. And uh, you know, Ross, you know, he he, he fucks up. He ends up like crashing the stage at one point um and just says a bunch of stupid crap about I, th I think he was bashing punk basically and so he got beat up at the concert so uh, yeah, yeah well, well, well he bashes him but then at the end he's like he's like he's bashing the whole idea of a of a of a dying art form and um right. all this other stuff and but but then at the end he says he says but i love you you're my people i want to fuck <laughs> all of you that's right. Yeah, because he was he was still high on the mushrooms. Yeah, at that yeah. point. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's a great. Um, this this movie was a lot. Um, uh, it, it was much more lighthearted than the first one. I think. Yeah. Um, like as far as because the first one, you know, it was about punk in the eighties. You know, punk in the eighties. It really was rough. I mean, like Bob and and um. Why am I blanking on his, uh, the character, other character's name, um, Matthew Lillard's character, um, shit, whatever, uh, that guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, people really did live, like, the way they did, like, you know, like, a, a, a unheated apartment, um, in, like, Salt Lake City, where it's cold and shit in winter, and, and, you know, pretty much only have beer in their fridge, and, you know, punk concerts really were, you know, held, like, in people's basements and stuff. It wasn't, like, you know, you know, like, huge concert halls and shit like that. I mean, you know, a lot of these bands were playing, like, like, I know it sounds weird, like, when you say, like, oh, we're going on tour, you normally think a band's actually going to be playing at, like, real venues. It's like, no, like, they were pretty much, like, playing, like, houses, like, you know, that was their tour. Like, yeah. <laughs> And it wasn't set up in advance. It was pretty much like they might have only had like each concert lined up, and then like, okay, what's what's the next show? Like they didn't have like every place like you know like like fifty dates, and we're gonna do hit this place, hit that place. It was very you know disorganized. So like, 
you know, this movie, you know, the culture, um, you know, I think that was kind of, that may have been what Ross was talking about a little bit is not so much saying that punk is a dying art form in the sense that there aren't any bands left, but like in a sense that like it has become commercialized, like you can go to a venue and see 50 bands play in like this really, really fancy arena and like they sell merchandise and all that kind of stuff. Whereas in the eighties, it really was, you just show up with some dude's basement or whatever. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the goes. point where punk became green day and blink One Eighty Two. Right. You know, it wasn't necessarily, not that I'm bashing those bands either, but I'm just saying that wasn't like, that's not like social distortion or something or, you know, or minor threat or right. something, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not real punk per se. <laughs> yeah, it's pop punk. I mean, yeah, yeah. Blink-182, uh, you know, Green Day, yeah. And, yeah. And a lot of that stuff can be traced back to, you know, some of the uh, the more melodic punk bands like Husker Du and, um, and like the Buzzcocks, you know, for example, yeah. because... Um, I've been listening to a lot because I never got into who's I, I never really went in, went through a punk phase when I was growing up and I've been listening to more punk lately. And I've been well, one of the bands that I've been attracted to the most is Husker Du because of, they're just they're more melodic and, and stuff like that. But like I've been going through their albums and stuff and then I, I started listening to the Foo Fighters, their first record, and they got a song on there called Good Grief. And I was like, I'm like, this sounds just like Husker Du, like like the chords and everything. So like, yeah. and that kind of over time, you know, like the melody and stuff, you know, with Blink One. I mean, I'm not saying there's like a direct line from Husker Du to Blink One Eighty Two, but like there is like an evolution, kind of. But. Yeah, well, and it makes sense, you know, with uh, Foo Fighters, for example, where because like grunge came out of punk, and then and then right. Dave Grohl came out of Nirvana, so it was kind of like a, you know. That's that's a natural progression right there, um, right. yeah. So so oh yeah, and, and one of the uh, major points too in the movie that happened before this too is that Penny and uh, and Ross kiss as well oh. on the floor of the concert. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> so he kind of and, th- and then they have this like a little talk, which was kind of cool about basically she didn't want to be. She, she's like, she's like, I, I don't want, I don't, you're not a one night stand kind of guy. You're a, you know, you're somebody I could fall in love with and stuff like that and everything. And then, and then she didn't want to, and then they kissed again, which was kind of cool. <laughs> so they're kind of together. <laughs> right. And so he's kind of getting over Lilith, his girl, n- n- not Lilith. Um, What was her name? Um, Oh, is it Lilith? Yeah, Lilith. It was Lilith. I think it was Lilith. Yeah, it was Lilith. (laughs) Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The girl that he was kind of in love with. Yeah. (laughs) The the goth girl. Yeah. The real, the traditional goth girl. Mm -hmm. Traditional goth. Trad goth. Mm -hmm. Got my trad goth girl. My my trad goth GF. Yes. Whatever. Uh. (laughs) So, yeah, the, that, so that, that happened. Yeah, yeah, and then then they uh, basically though he's getting beaten up after he goes on stage, and uh, and then uh, is is saved by uh, by Sean and um, the other guys who come into the concert and basically save him and take him out of the take him out of the venue and uh, you know say his mom's outside to meet him and stuff and then <laughs> and then we have. Uh, Basically, uh, it's this whole thing where she's confronted by the fact that she basically took her image of heroin Bob and placed it under Ross. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, he had to live up to his dad his whole life. And so uh, she's basically told that, you know, like, just let it go, you know, sort of thing. Like, you know, like another rent act- actress would have, you know, had sung in a movie. Um, <laughs> that was a good, that was a good, yeah. <laughs> good jump. Yes. <laughs> like, wait a minute, I know what that is. <laughs> yes. So, um, <laughs> so that's how that goes. Um, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my mind, folks. This is how it works. <laughs> 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 Anyways, um, 
<laughs> the um so so yeah, and you know, basically she's she's told to like let Bob go, you know, basically kind of get on with life and um understand that uh you know Ross isn't Bob, you know. <laughs> right. And what happened to Bob isn't necessarily going to happen to Ross. <clears throat> right, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, you got to think, too, you know, maybe part of the reason why he was so, um, like, straight edge without without calling himself straight edge was because, you know, he heard the story, you know, a million times or whatever of how Bob died and so, you know, he didn't want to have to go through that or put his mom through that or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, you kind of don't want to... You can't live up to your father, you know? That's kind of another thing, too. And right. He, you he know, basically like, was... It was placed on him. Like, he he had to live up to a guy that he never even knew, you know, who died before he was right. born, you know, so... Right, exactly, and like all these legends, you know, about him too. Like, oh, here went Bob, man, you know, and, you know, all these stories, you know, probably heard. Yeah, that time when here went Bob, blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, and then, and then we uh, we cut after basically that, and and um, they they just basically she basically agrees to just kind of let him go and hang out with his friends. And, uh, you know, embraces him and says goodbye. And then we cut back to Heroin Bob in the afterlife who uh, who basically just says something like, uh, you know, how everybody's moving moving along and everything's, you know, letting people are letting go and life is moving on. And then he says, he says, but I'm still fucking dead. So fuck you. Right. And then and that's how the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yep. See, my only my only issue with the movie is I I like the movie, but I just there something about the ending I wanted a little bit more. It just seemed too short to me. It was a short movie. It was yeah. only like seventy five minutes long. Yeah. So that that was the only issue I had with it. I mean, I think it could have been a little longer. But um. Anyways, uh, do you want to take another break here, Matt? And then we'll come back and we'll talk about some uh, reviews and some trivia and stuff about the movie. Sure. Okay. We'll be right back, folks. Hi, folks. This is Michael E. Cullen II from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with manager Matthew Haas. You got promoted? Yes. Damn it. Okay. Anyways, um, folks, uh, do you like the show Superstore? I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me. Because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it as much as we do. You're really going to like the Super Story podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, just depends on how we're feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter, then you should definitely check this out. Or I might get sad. And when I get sad, it gets pretty sad. So yeah, I can't deal with him when he's sad. Yeah, no one can really. So um, yeah. So, so check out uh, Super Story Podcast right here, where you get this podcast, Super Story Podcast. And we are back. back. So, all right, here's some uh, trivia that I found here for the movie Punk's Dead SLC Punk Two. Um. Devin Sawa was paid $100 in Subway gift cards for his role in the movie. <laughs> wow. He got $100 and a producer credit. <laughs> he must have really loved the, you know, original movie or something to come back for 100 bucks in Subway gift cards. Right. right. <laughs> that is really cool. Um, yeah. The... Uh, the big concert scene was uh, produced for the movie and funded through Indiegogo by fans. Um, the movie premiered May 
May 2015 at the Cannes Film Festival in the same theater that SLC Punk did in 1999. Uh, over 2,000 fans attended the concert. The, uh, the original movie was a big inspiration to Machine Gun Kelly um, and his uh, career and life. Uh, the water bottle that is thrown at Ross while he's on stage was thrown by Ricky Egan, a featured extra who contributed to the film's Indiegogo campaign for the role. <laughs> uh, Matthew Lillard declined to reprise his role as Steve-O, but gave his blessing to the film. <laughs> um, and, uh, That's it for the trivia that I have information on. <laughs> Let's uh, see what uh, there's a uh, under goofs. John the Mod is labeled as Norwegian black metal, as a Norwegian black metal fan, yet mentions he will do a death metal version of the song Smelly Cat from Friends at some point when talking to Sean. <laughs> Matt's considered a goof. Um, <laughs> who's, who's, oh, yeah, by the way, he was now, he's now known as Johnny Jekyll. <laughs> So yeah, but um, but then, in the same thing here that I just found on the Internet Movie Database where it said that that was a goof, also said incorrectly regarded as a goof was when John the Mod, now Johnny Jekyll, seems to make a faux pas by mentioning death metal, it may be an intentional attempt at a joke. He never refers to himself as being black metal or death metal during the duration of the film, nor does he ever state he's an extremist. He's only described as Norwegian black metal by other characters. <laughs> so, that may not be a goof. Um, <laughs> yes. So, um, here's a couple of... Uh, want me to read some reviews here, Matt? Yeah, sure. Okay. Here's a 4 out of 10. Um, <clears throat> by... Uh, Smooper Pooper. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Smooper Pooper. Mm, okay. <laughs> These are some reviews from the Internet Movie Database, and this is a 4 out of 10 by Smooper Pooper. Who <laughs> posted this on uh, March 3rd of 2016. The headline is, If Punk's Dead, This Killed It. <laughs> I wanted to like it. For God's sakes, I have heroin Bob tattooed on me. The shallow um, time of an hour and 15 minutes made me nervous from the start. I know this movie didn't have a budget like the last one, but if Kevin Smith can make clerks, I'm pretty sure James could have rubbed a little bit of of better, especially with the with the time he took to make this too. It felt overly rushed. I almost can't describe it. The characters were barely there. The whole plot of the movie takes place because of a event described for a few minutes. Um, Bob's skull cap was horrendous, especially in the opening sequence. Little things for the time period were off. Again, low budget, not necessarily in his control, but this supposedly takes place in the early 2000s when they are using 2010 cell phones. That's uh, just poor direction. Also, the fact that of no mention whatsoever of Steve-O seemed weird. Sean drew it, um, drew it together and was the only character and maybe Trish that I enjoyed seeing again. Very well-written stories for those two. In the end, it tried too hard to capture the SLC capture on SLC Punk and grow and yet start something new with Ross and his two friends 
if it had more time to develop, it would have been better. If you're a diehard SLC punk fan, see it once and see some old faces again, then forget about it. <laughs> um, here's another bad review. Um, this is a 1 out of 10. Posted on October 26th of 2016, right around Halloween. Um, this was uh, from SDVMYNYRZFPC. I'm going to say that again, Matt. <laughs> that is SDVMYNYRZFPC. It's not as fun to say as Smooper Pooper. <laughs> <laughs> nope that that name is now <laughs> stuck with me. <laughs> no, no. Yep. I I think if I were to name my child, I would prefer to name them Smooper Pooper than to <laughs> uh, name them S D V M Y N Y R Z F P C. <laughs> that just looks, looks like, like a, a light. What's that? like a license plate number yeah it kind of just looks like to me like they just hit their head on the keyboard um (laughs) the um okay this uh review is called i was glad when it was over i was glad when it was over i wonder why anyone would make such a listless movie the characters each seemed indulgent yet none are developed to the point where they provide any interest the usefulness of a car ride as a sort of journey device is marginalized by the redundant and boring settings. The production value is mix-and-match mediocre. The narrator's bad acting is creepier than the creepiness of employing a dead narrator character. The climax of the story is not even anticlimactic, but at least you know the end is near. Okay, that's a bad review. Um, Yeah. Yeah, this, this this movie got a lot of bad reviews, and I don't know why. Mm. Um, trying to find a good one that I like. Okay, here's one. Here's a ten out of ten from uh, Green Day Rock. <laughs> I say that again, Green Day Rock. Um, <laughs> this is uh, posted on March thirteenth of two thousand sixteen. Loved it. This movie is phenomenal. It's not like the first one. However, it retains the ability to stand on its own. I guarantee you can relate to at least one, if not more, of the characters. James James Duvall's portrayal of John, the former mod, is an absolute delight. Ross's character, which could arguably be considered as one that isn't the standard definition of punk, was a refreshing twist. I found it remarkable that uh, Ben Schneitzer was able to channel uh, part of Heroin Bob's essence. His performance was incredible as well. James uh, Marandino did not disappoint. I sincerely hope this movie goes down as a classic and is as well-loved as received as the first. Thank you so much for your hard work in creating this masterpiece. Yeah. So that's a little... uh, that's a good one. Um, so yeah, levity. Yes. So, uh, <clears throat> would you recommend this movie, Matt? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> what um, what's your favorite part of the movie? We'll we'll add that. I'll, I'll ask you that here, just to kind of, you know, just curiously. Uh, just just kind of the. The road trip aspect of it, uh, you know, them on the road, the car breaking down, um, that kind of played up the the sort of coming of age, you know, part of the story. Uh, you know, the, the mushrooms scene was pretty funny. Uh, I'd say yeah, I'd say pretty much them, you know, that that part of the story, the that or that plot, not you know, the the kids part. Um, Ross, Crash, Penny, the the dude with the mushrooms who they drop him off at one point, I guess, or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 
I mean, I, I liked it. I think I think it's it's a it's it's a good sequel. I mean, sequels rarely are as good as the original. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, this isn't as good as the original in the same in the some senses, but it's 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 still a good movie. I mean, it's not bad at all. I liked Machine Gun Kelly. I liked uh, Hannah Marks um, as mm-hmm. ad- additions to the cast. I liked uh, the Ben Schneitzer guy that played Ross. He was good. Um, right. I liked seeing the old people like Devin Sawa and Adam Pascal and. Uh, <clears throat> James Duvall. <clears throat> it would have been nice if uh, if they would have had the original Trish, but Sarah Sarah Clark, who replaced Annabeth Gish, is, was good in this as well. So, yeah. And what I liked about this though too is like 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 you said, yeah. You know, most most sequels don't live up to the first one, but what I liked about this is that they weren't trying to recreate the first movie. It's a whole. Yeah. I mean, you watch these movies back to back it's a completely different style. It's, I mean, it's not even close to the, yeah. the same type of feeling or theme of, of the first movie. Unlike, you know, Tooth Fairy 2 with, you know, Dan fucking Whitney, which is basically just a rehash of the first Tooth Fairy with different actors. And, uh, and, and this, this is actually a real sequel as opposed to a sequel in name only. Right. You know, like, like, like Tooth Fairy 2 is, or, uh, or, or like Jingle All the Way 2, or, um, Right, you know, or or I don't know, many of the movies we've watched on. I mean, we've watched for this podcast. Cop so, and a half two. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're the, we're, which one? Okay. Yeah, yeah, or Kindergarten Cop two. Um, <clears throat> you know, without a paddle too. Um, you know, <laughs> all of those. You know, they're kind of like a different thing. You know, and you know, and 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 uh, again, it would have been cool. I think. I think they. I mean. This is my guess on the on the on on the movie. I really liked Devin Sawa in it. I thought he was good. I mean, he was completely different than he was in the first movie. You know, he kind of changed. You know, as he got older and stuff, which was cool. Um, I have a feeling that he was given that role because Matthew Lillard turned down being in the movie. Because mm. if you watch the movie, and I think that everything that he did in the movie could have been done by Steve-O. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's like the probably, whole... Yeah, because yeah, cause he was doing the whole... <laughs> at the end of the first movie, he was doing the whole, you know, misguided thing of, oh, change the system from within. Mm, doesn't work, but, you know, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's what yeah, so it kind of seems like they probably put everything that was supposed to be for Steve-O onto Sean. Yeah. And, um, you know... And I was sad not to see Matthew Lillard or Annabeth Gesh in this movie because uh, I'm in a movie with both of them. So, yeah, called yeah, home, you are ca- called Home Run Showdown. Um, yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, uh, did, um, did he give a reason why he didn't want to do it, or he just just didn't want to do it? He just said he didn't want to do it, and he gave a blessing. I mean, same thing. Uh, um. Jason Siegel was asked to come back too, and he he did the same thing. I mean, and plus both of them. I mean, Jason Siegel more so than uh, Matthew Lillard are pretty big stars right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, Matthew Lillard not so much, but you know, but he's still he's got a lot. You know, he's he's constantly working. Regard, you know. Right. I mean, yeah, he, he had a good run. I mean, he was in Scream and yeah, and the Scooby Doo Scooby Doo movie and uh, yeah, you know, a lot of and, and then he, he continued to do the voice of Shaggy up until the latest Scoob movie. Um, oh wow, where uh, where uh, uh, what's his face took over? Um, Will Forte took over. Um, hmm. but uh, the uh. But then, I mean, I, I can completely understand Jason Siegel because that was, you know, right around, you know, when they were filming this was probably right around the time he was doing, like, How I Met Your Mother, like, towards the end of the run of that show and different things, you know. So kind of yeah. makes kind of makes sense that he wouldn't be able to do it. Plus, he's he's a movie star. Right. You know, in certain ways. He's not, like, you know, huge, but he's 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 decent. Um. But yeah, it would have been cool to see some more of the faces from the original movie in this movie. But it was cool to, it was it was cool that they, with what they had, they didn't, it didn't overpower the new story that they had with these characters, with the younger characters, you know. So that was kind of cool. 
Anyways, um, <clears throat> anything else before we go here, Matt? Uh, I could I could play some music, play play us out. Yes, that'd be that'd be that'd be great. All right, let me get my little my little guitar. How big is it? It's a small guitar. It's like a. Is it like a ukulele? It's called a gul. I don't know if the official thing is a ukulele or if it's just a small <clears throat> guitar. I call it a ukulele because it sounds cooler. But um, yeah, I'll just play some stuff. I don't really know what I'll play. I'll just we'll just find out. I guess. We'll yeah. Find out what it's. All right. This was a music-based okay. movie, so well, we can play some music out. Yeah. Let's see here. There we go. If you folks would like to hear more of Matt's music, be sure to follow him on Facebook. Look up Matthew Haas. You can also follow us on Facebook at All Too Real Too. That was beautiful, Matt. That was my my attempt of a of an acoustic punk rock song i liked it um thank yes. you make sure you uh follow matt on facebook like i said um check out his music there um matthew haas i will try to remember to link it in the show notes um also follow us on facebook you know check out our patreon 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 patreon, patreon. We oui, we oui. we oui, we oui. check out our Patreon and um and and uh, give us uh you know some money. <laughs> just joking. I don't want to say it. Like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like uh, yeah. just give us some uh, money. Yeah, if you'd like to hear more of this show, it it helps support us a lot. Um, you know, make sure you check out our sponsors. Um, that helps us out too. Give us a five star review on Apple or. Stitcher, Spotify, or any of those things that let you do that. I don't know which ones do. Um, it helps people find us. Um, share the show with your friends. Um, you know, check out our T Public and get yourself some cool merchandise with our logo on it. 
and uh, some other show, stuff related to our shows. Um, yeah. Follow us yeah. on uh, on Instagram and the Twitters with, uh, you know, at, at CullenPark.com. Uh, you can go to that website and it'll link you to those things. Um, I don't know what I'm saying here anymore, Matt. Anything else? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, make sure you stay punk and make sure it doesn't really die. Punk, <laughs> Punk's not dead, man. No. It's all in your nope. mind. Yeah, man. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com. Thank you.